One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys... We have a man that's built multiple seven-figure businesses online and also has invested massively in the crypto space. And I can't wait to drop this podcast with you because I think it's so timely how he's cash flowed the business, businesses and then obviously that allows him to fund his investments. And I think it's going to be an epic story that Jesse McInnes tells today. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me, man. We, fi- we finally got you. I know. It's been so long, hey? Yeah, we, we, Probably like, what, six months or 12 months? Yeah, I reckon we've been talking about it a long time. Yeah, yeah, but but mate, you're here. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to do this. Yeah, and the the, the reason why I wanted to get the, the 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 to understand more about the businesses is because people don't understand when they look at you investing and obviously how much you've put into crypto, which is obviously in the millions now. People don't understand like people just think you 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 make money out of crypto and then took that money and then invested more and more and more and compound in crypto, but. What a lot of people won't realize is the fact that you focused first on establishing cash flow businesses to allow yourself the money to be able to invest into crypto. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's easy for a lot of people to, I guess, label me as the crypto guy. And that's what I get labeled a lot as now. Yeah. Um, And that's okay because that's a part of what I do. But I want people to realize as well. It's like, well, you know, I want you to know that. I didn't make all my money in crypto. That's where I, I put my money. You know, I invest yeah, my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I multiply the money in the crypto, but I had to get money to put in there first. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's like I've, I've obviously like we'll we'll talk about this later on in the podcast as well. But obviously, I'm in your group, crypto group and stuff, and um, you've obviously you've obviously advised me on a lot of stuff. And like a lot of people will messaging like going, "Hey, I got five hundred dollars to spend on crypto." It's like, and they're expecting to make millions of dollars out of it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, that's not even the game you want to start no. playing. People get it so twisted. So I just want to go straight in on your on your journey. And like, how did you even? Because obviously, I know you're investing in crypto at school, right? Yeah, I've started first investing in crypto in 2013. So I think I would have been probably 14. Yeah. Um. Year. Year eight or year nine was when I first started getting into it from a family friend. He told me all about Bitcoin. Uh, and that was the only crypto that was there. It was only Bitcoin. There was yeah. no XRP or Polkadot. There was none of that. And um, when he told me about it, he was like, he was a forward thinker. He was a pioneer. He ran Bitcoin groups on the Sunshine Coast. This is 2013. Yeah, and there yeah. was three people that would show up. Me, his wife, and him. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. No one yeah. even knew about it. Um, but he was the guy that got me into it. And I started researching the technology behind the blockchain, Bitcoin as a, a form of value and um, a decentralized currency. And I could just see it, um, just see it going going somewhere beyond where it was just at that time. Because by then it was just being used by uh, guys that are really deep into the tech world or uh, drug dealers, you know, as a form of currency um, conversion. Yeah, yeah c- currency to be more discreet. But um, yeah, it was. Back when then, I started investing in it. I was working at a cafe. I think each Bitcoin was worth about 200 bucks. Um, I was just buying one or two Bitcoin a week with my paycheck and and just doing that, trying to convince my, my school friends to get into it. Did that work? Well, you know, it's funny. In uh, in business class, I had a, a teacher. I won't say his name, but... Yeah, you should, uh, you should 100% say his name. 
You reckon? Yeah, 100%. Okay, Mr. Vandermover. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, he was my business teacher. And I used to stand in class. I'm pretty sure I even stood on the seat one time in the class, like telling everyone, like chanting, like, buy Bitcoin now, like, do it. You got to do it. I would have been like 14 or 15. And my school friends will remember this. And, um, and my teacher would tell me to sit down. He's like, Jesse, sit down. Everyone in the class, don't listen to Jesse. It's a scam. Don't buy it. <laughs> it's not, not investment advice. Please don't buy Bitcoin. And then I remember in 2017, when the price started going up above $1,000, I sent him a screenshot of the price of Bitcoin every week for a year, going from $1,000 to $30,000 Bitcoin. Because <laughs> <laughs> every week I'd send him a screenshot, yeah, yeah, yeah. the price of Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin. And um, I still have friends now that just wish I, just say it all the time, I wish I got back in then, but yeah, well, obviously. Every, I mean, people are saying it's... T- what what annoys me about this time in crypto? Because obviously I, I've got Bitcoin now, and I've got Ethereum and all that stuff, and obviously took some advice, got some other coins as well. This is not investment advice, by the way. I I just have some as an investment, right? And even even like some people were buying Bitcoin at, at fifty, and they were hyped about it, but now it's like thirty thousand dollars US. They're like, oh, I'm not going to buy it anymore. I'm like, you're off. Your, you're off, you're crazy, aren't you? Like it's it's yeah. cheap. It's so like. I think in that time, in this time we're in now, we can really see how the investment, um, like the emotional investors, like who they are and how they work and how the investment um, industry as a whole works. You see people like the retail investors, the mums and dads, the people that are new to crypto or even investing. It's funny to see the psychology behind it and seeing how it works because when the price of Bitcoin is at a premium, 50,000, 55,000, everyone's hyping in or but then when it crashes, no one wants price. to buy it. Yeah, but it's funny because, like, let's say Bitcoin at fifty thousand dollars, everyone's buying it, and everyone's also wishing they bought it at thirty thousand. And yeah. at the moment it crashes down to thirty thousand, everyone's scared to buy. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's a month ago you were wanting to buy it. You know, I think it's important to like zoom out, look at the bigger perspective, and just remove your emotional attachment to it. Because I always say, like, don't invest more than 20% of your savings, you know, in, in a crypto, or just first of all, don't invest anything you're not willing to lose or you're not willing to see for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, Just so you're already at a somewhat emotionally attached position in the, in the first place, you know? Yeah, 100%, mate. And like me, I, I just see it as a savings account. Like, yeah. And I've got, I've got a lot of money in there for, for, for where I'm at. But, mate, and I know you have too, but like at the end of the day, when you zoom out, you've got to ask yourself this question. Do you think the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum is going to be a lot more than what it is right now in ten years? And do you think that the applications built on Ethereum and the and and the use case for Bitcoin mm-hmm. is going to be higher in ten years time? And I believe that it is. So if I believe that it is, I don't really care whether it's fifty thousand or thirty thousand. I'm just going to buy it anyway because in ten years time, I believe in my heart of hearts yeah. when I've read the technology behind it, when I've read how it sits in the world, yeah. I personally believe it's going to be worth more money. Exactly, and like a, a fact I'll give you as well, a little stat, is that Bitcoin, over the last 10 years, when averaged out, is the number one performing investment asset out of everything. We're talking commodities, gold, silver, real estate, stocks, bonds, everything. Over the last 10 years, if you break it down, Bitcoin every year yep. is the number one performing investment asset yep. out there. 100% mate and, and it's, where the, it's where the world's going and even if you can't see the value in, in, in the actual currencies the, the actual blockchain technology and the way the blockchain is going to be used 
I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you the crypto that I'm investing, in, but there's this crypto that I'm investing in, and it's massive crypto, but it's basically, and you know it because you've got some too, but it's, it's, it's one that's. Um, Can we talk about it? <clears throat> yeah, I suppose. But I just don't want to give people uh, poly, poly, polymath. Right? Polymath, yeah. Right. I believe polymath. Obviously, I've got thousands of these things, right? Yeah. What are they now? Like sixteen cents. Mm, something, something like something that. Like US, that right? yeah. Polymath, when you when you read about all the partnerships they've done and how they're putting property on the blockchain, mm. fucking game changer, mate. Yeah. That means that so so let's just let's just take this like like let's just take the Q one on the Gold Coast or the Soul building, right? It basically means what it basically allows, this polymath allows, it allows that building to be put on the blockchain and then for people rather than you know, if if I if I tried to buy the soul, how much have I got to put down on it? But it allows me to buy pieces of it through the blockchain it's fucking phenomenal like yeah. all bit, all real estate across New York everywhere is like it's going to be like that soon but you just buy a piece of the property and so you have access to the property but you don't have to hold any of the other stuff you know what I mean you don't have to fucking find the guy to fix the toilet you don't have to do all this everything's going to be on the blockchain it's just an amazing blockchain is an amazing technology and that's the way I don't know if you agree but no absolutely yeah it's game changing it's like it's the internet 3.0 you know yeah, yeah. that's what we're moving into but, but so how much money and and kind of how much you must have left school with a lot of money then so when i left school when i was 17 uh, i was doing a few things i was um well the price of bitcoin wasn't that high like i left school i graduated in 2016 2017 is only when we started increasing in price so like i wasn't a millionaire from bitcoin or crypto when i left school it wasn't until you know that the big bull run in 2017-18 then I started to make a lot of money from crypto um, I remember I, I um, at the start of 2017 or yeah I bought a car I bought a bought a Honda um, it cost me $5,000 or something like that and yeah. I remember selling like 14 Bitcoin or something to buy wow. that to buy that um, but look that happens um, but yeah I was running businesses when I was yeah, in school um, but I wasn't rich from crypto in that time because it was still in such a development stage where no one really knew about it. So what was the first business that you set up when you left school? I, I was doing a couple of things at once. I was doing drop shipping like a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, I was making at the most about $5,000 a week from drop shipping. It wasn't massive amounts of money. It was obviously good. Yeah. And I was young. I was 16, 17. Are we talking five thousand Australian or US? Yeah? US, US. A week. Yeah, um, that's after that's profit. Yeah. Um, and then I joined an MLM company, Kayani, where I met a lot of good people. It's where I built my personal development skills, my communication skills. It's where I met my future business partner Walter, who I do a lot of stuff with now. I met him through uh, the network marketing company. Um, and what were what what? Because I'm not. I've heard of that that company, but what were they network marketing at the time? So Kayani was the company, and it was selling. Uh, health products, skincare, yeah, health yeah. products, skill yeah, 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 just yeah. like every other one, you know. Um, do you do you advise? So, if you were going to give some advice to someone younger who's listening to this, who wants to start making an income online, would you suggest going into an MLM for starters? Or it's tricky because it's obviously uh, they've got a muddy name, but like I just yeah. want to break it down for the yeah. audience. It's got a really muddy name. You're going to have a lot of people say it's a pyramid scheme, and and um, I didn't do incredibly well financially from that. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I probably was in it maybe a year, year, year and a half. Yeah. But I would never take it back again. Like it changed my life. The communication skills, the people that I met, the network, the 
Like, it was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. So, would I recommend it? I, I'd do it, I would do it only with the intention of becoming more skilled at communicating. Yeah, yeah. A, a better person, like more of an educated person, increasing your whole personal de- development as a whole. Mm, I do think it's pretty hard to make money in it now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. It was definitely one of the best things I've done. I think I think a lot of people um, have just got to get out there and start talking to more people and making more connections and, yeah. and, and as get do it as early as possible. Like if you want to be successful in any form of business or investment, the more people you know, the chances are the more likely you're going to succeed because people are going to be able to put you onto different things. Like, you know, you might ring me. If, if I didn't know you, you wouldn't ring me and say, oh, Frankie, like this coin, da 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 Yeah. Because we don't have that personal relationship. Yeah. But if I've made that personal relationship with you, there's a chance that you might do that. Yeah. And there's a chance that I might be able to help you. But unless people are willing to go out and put themselves out there to, to get those communication skills, yeah, exactly. a, lot, a lot of people just want to sit behind a computer and earn money. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. I mean, I put a massive focus on meeting as many people as I can. All I wanted was to have mentors and friends that were doing well. And I was, I'd do anything. I remember walking, I'd drive to really expensive neighborhoods on the Sunshine Coast and I'd get out of my car. I was probably 16, 17 and I'd go and knock on the doors of the people that live there. I'm just like, hey man, it's pretty random but my name's Jesse. I want to know what you do. Like, you know, like you're living my lifestyle. I want to live. Can I ask what you do? I get to know all the owners of these massive million dollar houses Yeah, and just try and build connections and network and meet as many people as I can in the area I want to be in and people just don't do that anymore. And yeah, I, yeah, hundred percent. And that's what's missing is just actually uh, doing something, working, going, and actually, you know, giving it everything it takes to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like my dad. My dad um, had a decorating company in the UK, right? And um, never told anyone this before. He, he had a decorating company. Did did well. He he only worked for like high end clients, like real mm. high end clients. One of his clients was a guy that owned very very dot co UK. And Very.co.uk is a very successful online clothing brand. Very successful. And um, one day this guy has come around to pay my dad. He's paying him paying him the money for the job. Check, cash, whatever it was. Anyway, I'm just there, I'm just there and I'm just picking this guy's brains, man. Like, okay, what do you do? Like, how did you get into that? Blah, 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 blah. And asking him all these questions. And like, it's even like when I was back home in Peterborough as well. Like, I, I met the people that, um, through my mum and dad, I met the people that owned, that set up... Um, uh, what's that? What's that? Findthemeerkat dot com. Money say money. Uh, what's that? What's that meerkat company called? I don't know. Um, you know the insurance company. Oh yeah, I, I know the ad. I yeah, don't yeah, know, yeah. I don't I, know what it's that, called. They though. they set that up in okay. England before yeah, yeah. it came to Australia. Okay. And I was I was I was I was, I was like, how do you do this? And he's, and he's telling me things, and I'm like fucking sucking it up. Like, and it's like mm. that's how you can really start to to accentuate your own personal development because you've got to be willing to ask the questions it's like the gym that I go to never quit it's full of fucking entrepreneurs mm. I'm asking them all the time I'm asking investors I'm asking property people I'm asking people who've got hedge funds I'm asking these people ha- people that put major deals together I'm asking them all this information it's like the podcast too look with this crypto stuff it's just about going out and getting as many connections as you can and, and speaking to as many people about as many different topics as you can because that way you can learn what works for you as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just a case of going to make money online either. It's a case of like, do you even like what you're going to do online to make money? Because that's the fucking mm. key, key thing too. Like what was the first thing then that really hit it for you? Like really hit your home run to allow you to get to seven figures? So the first company that I made that, uh, 
that hit seven figures yeah. was a digital marketing company. So I started that with my business partner, Walter, and uh, it's called IG Flourish. And so we are an Instagram growth company. So what we would do is we would grow the accounts of people, like brands, businesses, through automation. Okay? Yeah. So we'd like, you know, you'd have like the follow, unfollow, like, and yeah, that yeah. sort of stuff. So we did that for about a year and that did really well. And then Instagram shut down all, all, all on the automation yep. on Instagram. So we couldn't do that anymore. So we had to find different ways to, to adapt. And the only reason we got to the point where we are now and done so well is because we, that we constantly were evolving and we adapted. Um, I remember Ty Lopez saying on, on a podcast one day, he said it's not the strongest or you know, the most um, resilient that survive. It's the ones that's most adaptable. You know, and that's what we had to do is we had to adapt and every single time the Instagram algorithms change. And so we set up a giveaway agency where we would put clients in giveaways on Instagram ran by influencers and that yeah. would grow our clients' accounts. But what really made the switch for us was when we started going to the next level was we started partnering with other digital agencies and getting their clients. So yeah. we would say, look, at that time, everyone stopped growth. All the agencies in the world couldn't grow their clients anymore because everyone was using automation softwares. Yeah. And we were the first company that started a giveaway agency where we, would, we wouldn't do the big 50,000 follower campaigns. We would do just one or two or 3,000 followers a month to fit into the packages that our clients were paying at the time. And so we were the first agency that developed that on a monthly basis. So then we reached out to all these growth agencies that pretty much were made redundant due to the Instagram changes and we said look you've got 3,000 clients you don't know what to do with it you don't have a growth method anymore let us grow them for you give them to us we'll grow it and you will still have a business no you won't make the same margins you did before but it's better than nothing because you're about to go you better shut up so we would start taking all these partnerships with these agencies and they'd hand all their clients to us thousands of clients and we'd just be growing it so we'll just literally have clients that these companies built over five, six, seven years and spent millions of dollars in marketing to acquire these clients, just handed to us and sort of a platter because we had the solution they needed. Yeah, I so love that. So we started growing all their clients. So we became a really leverage-based um, business in the background. And the two, key, the two key things I want the audience to pick up from what you've just said there, one, you are providing a solution to a problem exactly. that an agency has, right? And the second thing is, Jesse's thought, Rather than me marketing and, and, and putting out ads to try and get clients, why don't I already just approach the people who already have a massive book of clients and serve their clients better for them and everyone gets paid? That exactly. means the cost of acquisition for him and those clients is fucking zero. Exactly. And that's the biggest, that, that was the biggest eye-opener I've ever had in business was leverage. You know, I used to have a, a mentor in the network marketing company always push the leverage aspect to me. And that's what yep. network marketing was. It was leverage. Yep. So I took that principle to the business. Um, it was actually my partner, Walter, who actually came up with the idea of the leverage of the agencies. And it worked brilliantly because, like you said, we had a solution. And where, where, most, where most companies would just take that solution for their own company, we thought outside the box and said, look, other people need a solution. We can white label the service, bottle it up, and sell it and leverage out their client acquisition and have more handed to us. So every yeah. business I do now, I always think about how I can leverage it. Like uh, if, I, if I start a digital marketing agency, um, well, we, we started another one, Walter and I, where we did content creation 
for agencies, but we didn't get our own content creation for our own clients. We again hit up agencies and said, look, we can do the content creation for your clients yeah. at a better rate, hand them to us. And what they get out of it is a reduced workload because they're shifting all the work to us, which yeah. means they have more time to acquire new clients and, and scale. Yeah. So it's a win-win for all of us. And you don't, and, and you want, you want to basically use their client acquisition system for your own growth anyway. Exactly. Well, they're, they're clients like, like I'll give you an example. Like we have a, in the growth agency, we partner with the biggest agencies in the world. Like we're talking client agencies that have 6,000 plus clients that they just hand to us, you know, and uh, if anyone knows to get 6,000 paying clients a month is talking about incredible. a million, million and a half dollars in, in digital spend, I should think. Yeah. Millions of dollars in ads, uh, years of, of, of testing, of trialing to get that sort of client base. Well, here's the thing that most people don't understand as well that they're missing here is the fact that, yes, they've got 6,000 clients today, but they've had to service and hold on to those one, two, three, four, five, uh, each of those levels and to grow their business. So not only have they had to pay to acquire new customers, but they've actually had to provide the customer service Mm -hmm. and support and and, and service to keep those existing clients happy. So to get to 6,000 paying clients, it's incredible. It's a five, six seven year fucking job in yeah. a lot of cases minimum yeah you know and a lot of money yeah and so when we just crack the code of just having them hand it to us because we could provide a better solution or even a solution because their solution failed now they've got thousands of clients to look after they were they were kneeling to us you know oh, we oh. could have and what did it take your revenue to when you when once you'd flipped that did you go from like six to multiple sevens is that how it's yeah exactly it? yeah yeah so we were cruising at um six figures a year on around clients and in the moment we switched that the business model up to getting leveraged uh, having that leveraged clients from the agencies that took us into the sevens yeah um, consistently which yeah, is really I lo- good I love that yeah I love that it's, it's definitely some it's definitely one of the kind of approaches that I'm using in content removal as well like going to agencies and servicing their clients for yeah. them rather than because the cost of acquisition of clients now is is one of your biggest costs in a business, mm-hmm. like the, how much does it cost you to to buy a client? Yeah, because that's what you're doing. And essentially, if I can buy a client for, if if my if if my client's worth, if I know my client's worth three and a half grand on average to me, I know I could spend up to three thousand dollars to acquire that client mm. because I know that they're going to be a repeat bit for a repeat client for me. So yeah. so once you know those numbers, you know how much you can spend to acquire a client, and that's yeah. that's what most people get twisted. They don't know how much they can spend to acquire the client yeah. in the first place. Simple. Exactly. Or well, one of the things as well that I hear all the time and that what people with my opinion are making the mistake of is not getting like everyone that wants to start a business, they don't know how to start one, which is absolutely fine. Everyone that starts doesn't know how to start. But I think too much people put attention on the wrong things like logos. <laughs> <laughs> right, you read my mind. Logos, t-shirts, website, apparel, website, okay. and doing everything lined up just so they can launch. Whereas I have an approach where it's like I launch and then I do it. I launched a business um, the start of last year, Christmas last year, yeah. again with Walter, and we started it. And uh, we didn't have a website, didn't have an Instagram account, didn't have anything. Um, all we had was our PayPal account. And we, in the first four weeks of the business, I don't even think we had a name. The first four business, we made $160,000. Yeah, because people, because I, mate, I was in the sauna the other night and, and someone was t- telling to me about, he's talking to me about how he's going to spend four and a half 
grand US to build this website. I'm like, bro, oh. bro, what are you doing? Like, you don't, you, they, I said, because he's a tradie, mm. he's going into online business. I'm like, bro, you, 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 you spend that four and a half grand on marketing as a, 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 like a solution to a problem in the marketplace and, and seeing if the option's viable before you build this website, before you build this. Because you can send them to a, to a sales page or you can get SAMCAR or ClickFunnels or some, something like that for 30 to $90 a month that can make a payment page to collect money. Your most important thing is to collect fucking money first. Mm. Don't go, you don't, you don't need a big glossy website, man. You don't need this shit. Like it's just all it's just all a myth, man. Yeah, it's all it's all uh, facade because when I like now that I've learned as well, like all the people that I know that are making hundreds of millions of dollars, it's not done from glamorous websites or done from filling needs behind the behind the lines. Like uh, there's a quote in a movie called War Dogs, and it um it says all the money is made between the lines, you know, and it's like yes. in the background servicing clients. The, um, it's not the the fancy fronts that are making all the money. It's the guys in the back that are filling solutions, that are, that are filling services. Yeah, because at the end of the day, right, you don't need a website for what you were trying to do as a growth agency, do you? Because at the end of the day, right, because if, if, we, if we went to igflourish.com, I've been on the website, it's basic as fuck, man. Yeah, you can't, it, you can't it's even trash. You can't even sign up for your fucking thing. <laughs> because, no, but it's true. It's true. Right? The reason why it's like that is because you... The front end isn't where your market is. The, your market is, okay, who's got my customers? Who's yeah. got my clients? Who's already spent the money to get yeah. these and how do they look? Yeah. How, okay, cool. They look good. Cool. That social company looks good. We'll just service their clients for them then. Correct. We'll, we'll collect cash at the back end. Instantly, day one, you've got a low barrier to entry for you, mm-hmm. and you've got cash flow, massive cash flow, it's day one. And it's all, and it's like, it's like, probably a 90% profit margin business because you've not spent a fucking fortune mm-hmm. on all this other shit that yeah. people that people get wrong. I, I'm, I mean, I'm so glad we had this conversation because yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. this doesn't help people right now, yeah. if, if you aren't listening to this right now and thinking to yourself, fuck me, that's just revolutionized my life, you're listening to the wrong fucking podcast, mate. Yeah, I'm, exactly. telling you, I'm telling you now. You won't hear this from anything else because like, I haven't learned, I still haven't even heard about it since I've done it. I haven't heard anyone else doing this sort of bro, this model. It's, 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 bro, I read a lot of Jay Abraham's books. Jay Abraham fantastic high level consultant and all he does is go okay this business over here who's got who can we partner with where we can share clients Mm. because that's what it's about it's like if you've got a fucking skin laser clinic and you aren't partnering with a fucking another beauty salon other Mm. people doing beauty services you are missing a trick because Mm. they've got all your clients and they've already paid to acquire them why wouldn't you yeah it's fucking crazy exactly you know, like g- gyms. Every gym should be um, should be partnered with a protein brand, with a with a fitness wear brand. You should be sharing clients because mm. they've all got, you've all got the same fucking customers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's like it's such a man. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that because like it's so fucking it, it's so fucking true, man. It's such an infuriating thing for a lot of people, but you just got to see the wood for the trees. Mm. Simple as that. But like once you once you once you got that rocking and rolling, what had you still got that original Bitcoin and all that stuff or was that something that you started, had you kept all the original or had you sold any of it or what was going on with that? I bought and sold along the years. Um, I don't think anyone knew, and I'm still convinced of this, anyone that bought Bitcoin in 2008 or 9 when it came, when it came out and then up to like 2012, 13, anyone that still has all the Bitcoin they bought back then, 
they didn't have a fucking clue it was going to be worth this much. Yeah, but the only people that have still held on to it are the ones that have forgotten about it. Like, there's yeah. a very minute few that were like, okay, in 20 years, it's going to be worth 50 grand. Like, I know, even that guy that got me into it, the pioneer, um, Jeff, I remember him saying that I'm like Bitcoin was like 300 bucks, 400 bucks, and he was like, when it hits $6,000, that's my mark, I'm getting out. And I remember thinking, $6,000, that's insane. Like, it's did, only- did, he have, did he have it? He must have had a hell of a lot too, yeah? He had a lot of money. He had a lot. I'm pretty sure he put his entire superannuation on it too back then. Really? He, he's doing very well. He's obviously doing very well, well right now. Yeah. But I remember him saying like $6,000 is when I'm getting out. And yeah. I couldn't fathom it being $6,000. It was just yeah. way too much. Yeah. And when it hit $6,000, he was out. He, it's, but you've only got to look at the network effect. Exactly. That's, that's, that's really what you've got to look at when you're investing in cryptocurrency. It's like, okay, cool. What's the network at now? And what does the network have to be to, to get to $10 trillion? Yeah, and when you've got institutional buy-in like before this podcast I was reading an article before I met you this morning that and there's and there's some strong rumours from some strong people now that, that Apple have just put two and a half billion in mm. right um, and if that is the tr- if that is the case then we 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 Bitcoin in itself in the next three or four years they're going to go to whole new levels. Yeah, yeah. I think if now that we had you know the confirmation of Tesla and you know rumors of Walmart and Apple, I think, I mean, they're the people, they're the companies that other companies are looking at for direction, and it's just all levels to the game. So when you see the biggest players in the game moving in a direction, that's where that's where the money flows. That's where the river flows. Well, thing is, what most people don't understand is there's there's not a chance in a whole month for Sundays that Apple does not want to have the digital wallet market on a phone, mm. right? On a watch. They want to own that space. They have to get into Bitcoin. Yeah, they they cannot be left stood still because someone like Facebook will go, okay, well, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and the, these, 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 all te- these tech companies, now Tesla's, now Tesla's gone in, they've all got to, they've all got to go, okay, cool, what, what are we going to do with this then? Are we yeah. going to sit on the fence? Because whichever one of them tech companies sits on the fence and is and is last, yeah, gets fucked. Yeah, and they're working on it right now. Like we can be we can be assured by that. Even like they got jo- they got job postings on Apple for for yeah. for cryptocurrency people for people that can work on blockchains. Exactly, and I mean I read a stat as well that Ethereum in the month of in the month of um, maybe March or June, but in the last couple of months, in the one month they processed more payments than PayPal did in the entire year last year. Yeah, in the one yeah. month. Yeah, um, Ethereum is massive. Yeah, so whether you, whether Apple or anyone likes cryptocurrency or not, or believes it or not, they can't they can't just ignore the fact that they're processing billions and billions of dollars every single week. Yeah, and yeah. they're going to get a piece of that pie if they jump in. Yeah, so I, I, the only two people that I that I listen to in crypto are obviously you, obviously Walter as well, but like, um, but then um, Sam who owns four four, four or five games, he's got yeah. so much. Bro, he'll just drop 150 million into into Bitcoin in a month. And he's from Brisbane. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, know, I know, man. He's, he's mate. He's he's gonna be worth absolute billions. That guy, mm. it, honestly, phenomenal. He's coming on the podcast, but like, mate, when you got boys like that, and you see what they're doing, and they and they explain the technology behind it, and they explain where it's going, they explain how it's getting there, and and to be honest with with crypto, Bitcoin, and Ethereum, I th- I personally think. You got to spend a good forty, fifty, hundred hours really getting deep and reading the papers, reading, you know, the EIP, um, 
the updates on on Ethereum network and mm. all this all this kind of stuff. What's going on with the Lightning network to make Bitcoin be able to transfer faster? How that could become a currency mm. play? You you got you got to get real in depth on this stuff and go all in on it to kind of understand it. And when you start to understand it, you start your investments don't start to feel like a gamble yeah, because exactly. they're, they're proper investments now. So like people are saying to me, "Oh, have you sold your Bitcoin?" I'm like, no. Have you sold it? No. Like, mm. I, I bought more. I'm buying more. I buy. I just. I don't look at the price now, Jess. I just literally just buy it every day. I haven't looked at the price of Bitcoin. I think it. I think the other day I looked. It was like thirty-one thousand, but it could be more now. Mm. But I, I couldn't give a fuck. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's. I'm not buying it for today. I'm buying it for, for what where I know it's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it matters if you buy if you buy Bitcoin at thirty thousand or sixty thousand now, as long as you have the end in mind of five, ten, fifteen years, and you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Do you, can can you see people? Can you see Bitcoin being used as a currency? Or the store of value play that is played yeah, out now. I don't see, like, yes, but I do think there are other cryptos that will fill the shoes better than Bitcoin. Yeah. I think Bitcoin now, you know, as weird or as hard, hard as it is to say, it's, it is pretty useless in its actual utility. It's yeah. just a store of value. Yeah. Right? yeah. There are so many coins that, um, that can be used for more things and, like, the transactions can be faster, it's cheaper. So many other coins that, are actually like better developed like than Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin will always still be there. Yeah. But as as far as cryptocurrencies go, there will be a time where cryptocurrencies will be the primary use of spending for sure. Transactions, uh, money being sent. Whether it's Bitcoin or Cardano, I don't yeah, know. I've got, I've got I've got a lot of Cardano. Yeah, I don't know which one it will be in the future, which one will actually take the throne, but it will be a cryptocurrency that will become uh, the global currency, in my opinion, I think. I think uh, as well. If you're looking at getting into cryptocurrency, I just think my personal advice, and I mean you've probably got different, but my personal advice is just just buy the top ten. Just just put money in the top ten. And don't worry about anything else. I know. I know. I know they can go in depth, and we'll tell them how they can go more in depth with what you do and that. But like, you know, just buying the top ten is a start, isn't it? Yeah, it's a start. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to become a millionaire investing in the top ten bit by drips and drabs but over the years you can you can make a decent bit of decent bit of growth there i reckon investing in the top 10 top 20 is just as the same as investing in blue chip stocks to an extent yeah yeah so yeah everyone knows the blue chip stocks are going to be the ones that you know we're talking netflix apple walmart these sort of companies they're gonna go up over time um but they're not gonna make you millionaires overnight i think I think if you had uh, a nice portfolio of a mixture of, let's say, 60 to 70% of your portfolio in the top 10, some of them, I wouldn't even buy all of them, but some of the ones in the top 10, maybe five or six, and then yeah. the rest of them, maybe um, some other smaller coins that have more potential for growth, because there are definitely some cryptocurrencies that aren't in the top 10 that I would almost bet a lot of money on that they're going to yeah. be a lot more value than they are now. Yeah, in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. Like like Ave and Solana, Ave Solana, um, API three, Sushi Swap coins like that mm. that you can just see have so much utility. Even Neo. Sushi Swap, bro. I bought some of that yesterday the other day. It's seven dollars, bro. Seven dollars. It's a thirty dollar coin all day long. I'm telling you. Yeah, and it has been at thirty, you know, close to thirty dollars. You only so. got to look where this. I've been buying um ICP Internet Computer Protocol. Mate, it was at seven hundred and fifty. I've been buying it at thirty three dollars. Mm. Like, why wouldn't I buy it? Fill the boat up, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you what? 
could drop down to six. Who cares? But like, I just think in the future it's worth a lot more. Yeah. Like with what with, but but guys, when we say this, it's like you got to read into the projects. When you don't go buy, you don't go buy a coin on blind hope. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to, you got to, you got to believe it. You got to believe in the utility of the coin. Exactly. There's no don't buy anything you don't believe in the utility of that you don't fully understand. If yeah. you don't understand it, don't buy it. Simple as that. Yeah, I think yeah, Warren Buffett is uh, known for saying as well. He's like, if if you invest in a company, invest in them because you understand what they do and you actually believe in what they do. And even yeah. if, even if they go down to a dollar, you still hold your position because you believe in what they do. Yeah. Or even not even just believe, you understand it. Like my crypto group isn't just to tell people what I buy. But it's to educate on what you're actually buying because, you know, people just go in and throw money on, on Dogecoin and Shiba coin, all these trash coins that end up getting mm. them burnt mm. because they don't understand the, the technology behind it. Once you understand it, then in my opinion, you'll probably end up never selling it because you understand how like in, yeah. incredible it actually is yeah. and how far it's going to go. You won't want to sell it. Yeah, 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 for, for sure, man. You just let, let let that thing ride and let it compound. And as long as you're putting in like 10 or 20% of what you earn every week or, you know, what you can afford to lose, so to speak, you don't even have to sell it because you don't ever need the money because you've put money aside into other pots that do other things. Yeah. So like, we're not telling you to go and, go and absolutely, you know, throw your nuts on the line with one coin. It's like stupid, but you've got to look at where the fucking future of the world's going. And if if it's going there... Just kind of have some money in it, like you know. If you believe, if you believe like we do that the world's going that way, put something in it. Mm. Simple as that. And it's that's that's as fucking simple as it can be. What's yeah. what's what's the what businesses are you cash flowing at the moment? So I have my digital marketing company, yep. IG Flourish. Um, that's what's the most. I guess uh, the bread and butter of everything right now. And is that what you mainly use to now to fund the investments into cryptocurrency? Yeah, so that's what I do. That's what I tell everyone as well. Is what I recommend doing is create a business that makes you cash flow. So for me, I'll have a couple that do that and then I just feed that money into crypto because where else am I going to put it in the bank and get 2% a year? Yeah. Or I can put it in crypto. Yeah, it might be volatile. Um but but you need but here's the thing volatility you need volatility yeah yeah the, where the growth the growth growth happens in markets with volatility I mean you've only got to look at the 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 you know if you invest in India today there's a lot of volatility in that market but there's a lot of potential growth and a lot of money right mm. but there's volatility like you have to like so like you say you're putting it into a volatile market but you're not putting it in there to put it in to pull it out so it's like you know it's it's, it's you're you're in there for a, for a period you've uh, and I know one thing that you do is you decide what price you want to exit at, don't you, before you put it in. Yeah, I think that's important because it's going to stop you getting greedy. I think if you go in at a price, let's say Cardano at $1, and you set price targets of I'm going to sell 50% of my position when it hits $2 and the rest when it hits $5, that's going to stop you getting greedy because when you get greedy, you get emotional and then you start making impulsive and... Yeah, uneducated decisions, and you end up losing money that way because you think you're going to catch the top and you don't. Yeah, and no one ever catches the top or the bottom. No one does. Yeah, no one knows when it's bottomed out. No, and when and when it does hit a bottom, it bounces so hard off the bottom and mm. flies up. Yeah, no one can ever catch it, bro. No. it's like it could be sitting at thirty three dollars 
what one coin could be sitting at thirty three dollars, it could go all the way down to twenty one day and then come all the way back up to sixty five inside fucking twelve hours. Yeah. Because that's just how fast the markets move when 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 there's that much volatility yeah. in a space like cryptocurrency. And I know so many people make the mistake of buying coins. Let's say uh, I buy a coin Cardano, mm. and then Polkadot starts going up, and you start FOMOing and have the fear of missing out, and then you sell all your Cardano for Polkadot, and then Polkadot right. starts going up and goes down, and the Cardano goes up, and you're in an endless cycle of swapping coins and buying and selling, Fucking trying to hell. catch the trend. I used to make that mistake. I know a lot of people that make, make, make that mistake, and it's like you just need to invest in a coin you believe in. And, and keep pumping and, and money into it. Leave it until it hits your price targets. Make sure they're realistic price targets, but just don't get emotional about it. But I'm, I'm just gonna with this ICP that I'm buying at like thirty three, thirty four, thirty eight dollars, forty dollars. It's like with that, I'm like, I've said to myself, right, all I do is I, I just believe one day it will hit the seven fifty that I, that it was orig- like it was originally. Mm. I believe it will hit that again, and by that point, I'll have fucking hundreds maybe thousands of these coins mm. and I'll just sell it then mm. like that's what I believe so I'm just going to keep buying it yeah. you know what I mean if it's 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 so cheap to me because I see I because I've read the technology papers behind it I see the value in yeah. behind the coin so if you believe in it even if you've got a different opinion on the coin but I believe in it personally and I think this is the coin then yeah. or the, I I think the use case is there then I'm going to just park a little bit of cash there every week and just keep yeah. parking it and not think about it. Yeah. Because hundreds of dollars, thousands thousands of dollars here can be hundreds of thousands inside five years if you back yourself. Exactly. There's coins that I bought like Cardano. I put 40000 <clears throat> on Cardano and that went to well over 700000 in about four months, you know. Yeah. So imagine what that could do in four years or 40 years. 40 Have you still years. got all that Cardano? I haven't sold any Cardano. I love my Cardano. I will never sell that. I have friends that buy Cardano and they're not even going to even take $10 out for at least 15 years. They told me that. And they're the richest people I know. The richest people I know are the ones that have said to me, Jesse, like coins like Cardano, Ethereum, or any good cryptocurrency, I'm not even thinking about touching it for at least two decades. Yeah. And they're the ones that you're supposed to be listening to. These are the guys that you need to be paying attention to. Look where they're going. They're not selling their Bitcoin at $30,000 and fear it out of fear and, and doubt they're holding it they believe in it and yeah. look where they're going to be in 20 years and then look what others are bro like honestly like Cardano is, is like one of these coins that you just should just buy as much as you can every yeah. fucking week bro yeah. I, I honestly mate like yeah well, well they're in the middle of um, working out a possible South African deal where they take the entire South African global uh, South African economy and put it on the Cardano blockchain yeah and I think I think once they once they do it with one I think I know Cardano from reading a lot of their background story, they've gone into the African market first. So they're going to take all these African countries with like, um, you know, their cu- their currencies, are, you know, where you have to carry it around in a wheelbarrow mm. and put yeah. it all on the blockchain and put um, and make the whole of Africa on Cardano eventually. Like mm. even places like Chad, yeah. uh, you know, Nigeria, yeah. places like that will all be will all be on like blockchains like Cardano and just operating on that rather mm. than their own currencies because their own currencies aren't worth shit anyway. Yeah. And not only that, if you're on a if you if they're on a Cardano network, the corruption goes down, so mm. the the people can actually have yeah. have more more of an opportunity in their own country, you know, and they're, and they're more connected to the rest of the world to do deals now. Yeah, exactly. Which they're not at the moment because it because then you don't have to su- don't have to survive on trade treaties because you can just trade with your Cardano. 
there's there's loads of use cases. I mean, no one knows which which currency is going to win or or which which coin's going to win. But it doesn't have to be one that wins. You know, there's yeah. room for everything. I've, there's rooms for so many. Though. I think so. What yeah. what what excites you the most about cryptocurrency right now? Um, what honestly, it's because what excites me the most is just seeing where we were in January, seeing where we went to by June, yeah, and then seeing where we're at right now in almost August, where yeah. the prices are pretty much where we were in January again. Yeah, I remember in January I was buying up a lot, and then even into March, June, July, uh, March. I was like, man, I just wish I could just go back to January and just buy more. Like, man, if only I wish it was going to blow up this quick again. Yeah. I would put everything I have on it. And now we're back at those prices. That's what excites me the most is because history repeats itself. Whether you like it or not, it repeats itself every single time. I remember watching a YouTube ad of this guy. I think his name was Dan. He's like a financial um, expert like Robert Kiyosaki. And he had had like a 10-year-old girl on the ad and he had a whiteboard and he was showing her the global economy of, I think it was real estate, or just the economy itself of where it rose and fell. Yeah. And he was like, look, in this date here, it was up, and then this date, it crashed, and then 2008, it crashed, and then now we're here in 2020, it's up, where is it going to go next? And had a 10-year-old girl just showing that it's going to go down now. And he, the point of that explanation was, if you zoom out and think about it, it's so easy that even a 10-year-old can understand where the market's heading next and it's down. And it just proves that it's in cycles. It's up, it's down, it's up. Where's it going it has now? To it's be, down. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're down, where's it going to go up? Up. It's just basic economics um, and statistics on the, on the fact where we're going. Everything's, um, yeah, like everything's to, in cycles. Secular. And at the end of the day, like, like, like we said many times this podcast, if you're only putting in 10 20% or whatever you can afford to lose which you're not going to lose as long as you only lose when you sell. Correct. Right? And you only profit when you sell too. Yeah. So they're two facts yeah, that, yeah, can't, yeah. That, can't, that, can't be, that can't be denied. Yeah. But whilst you're holding it, if you can hold it for the three or five years or the six months or whatever it takes to come back, you're winning. You're, you're winning win. in a big way. Yeah. You're winning in a big way. But, you, but at the end of the day, you're in an, this is an asset class where you can, you know, where a 30 or 40% in a day growth is not, out the question. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can go up 3,000% in a week. Yeah, in there's, this, there's it, coins that I bought, for example, Venus, XVS. It went up, I think, 50x in in three weeks. What's that? Like 5,000% in three weeks. Um, massive growth. Um, you're looking at me yeah, like... No, nah, I, I, I just... I just <laughs> like lost for words. No, nah, I'm just like... It's just... It's just and that... But, the reason why you could do that right and the, the reason why I'm sat there like fucking hell I didn't I didn't even I didn't, I've heard of this coin but I, I wish I'd I was just I was just sat there like fuck I wish I'd put $10 on that yeah yeah but like the reason the reason why you have 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 more um, luck not luck but more judgement with this than other people is because you've spent the time to sit there and look at it and to yeah. understand what's behind these things and what's behind the market the cycles and everything and that's what I want people to understand from this. It's like, yes, Jesse does make multiple seven figures. Yes, he has cash flow this business. Yes, he's doing well in crypto. But it's like you've spent years educating yourself to be able to go and say, oh, I believe in Venus because of this, this, and this reason. So I'm going to park $10,000 there and I'm going to watch that go to 300000 yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, Elon Musk put a quote up, a uh, tweet saying something like, 
I worked 18 hours a day, seven days a week for 10 years, and they still call me lucky or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's true. Like, I remember when I was, you know, 14, 15, when I started there, every day for years, I'd get up every morning at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., go for a two-hour walk, listen to a, an audio book or read for two hours. I read three books a week. That's where I'm at now. And I've done that for years, two or three books a week, every day for years. And just every chance I get, I try and develop even more and more and more so that I can know what I know now and I can do what I do now. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm 22 and people always say like, oh, you don't want to say well for 22. But I think, you know, that's a bit like I, I wanted to do things when I was 18 that I'm doing now. You know, like, yeah. Like I'm kind of behind in my opinion and I'm at 22. You're just looking at me no, like... No, 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 no. Ta- no, because no, I want to... Ex- no, I'm, I'm listening to yeah, yeah. what you're saying, but I'm just... Do you know one thing I'm thinking about? What? Is the fact that I'm 33 years old. I've never had a drink, right? Never had alcohol, mm. right? You're 22. Do you drink? No, I don't. Hardly ever, right? No, I've drank once since I was 18. E- exactly, right? But but this is... Because in order to get to the level where you can re- read three books a week and this, that, and the other... I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to give up drinking. All I'm saying is drink drugs and all this other shit that you do on the side is what is, is when you look at people like Jesse, that's what has to fucking go to get to here. This podcast wouldn't even be at the level it's at if I went out every weekend, bro. I'm telling you straight. Like it's like so, it's so powerful and it's everyone who's successful like you has to, there has to be something that that's given up. There has to be something that's, that you have to take away or not do yeah. to be able to get there. And I just believe yeah. when we were talking about drinking this morning, I think that's one of the catalysts to this. Yeah. It's delayed gratification, like giving us something now to earn something later. And I didn't come from anything. I came from, you know, no money at all. And I knew that if I wanted to do what I do now and I'm nowhere even near what I, what I want to do, I have to give it everything I have. I have to spend every waking minute of my life here just giving it everything I have, and that's getting up at three in the morning, yeah. reading for hours and hours and hours, learning, networking, just doing everything, going to better. I'd be going better like, like um, you know, at, at night, waking up that the next morning that early every day. Just no, no excuses. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just removing your emotional sort of feelings away from it. Because like, I'm at a stage now as well where. I'm not really, it's, the motivation's hard to get because I kind of realize now finally that motivation is it's not normal. I mean, like not everyone's motivated. You actually got, just got to do it. Like it, It's routine as well. It's routine, exactly. So you got, you got to do it yourself. Like you're not going to f- feel like waking up at three every morning reading three books a week. Yeah. No one's going to feel like doing that, but you just got to do it because of where you see yourself going and you're not going to get there without doing it and drinking, doing drugs. Doing all the stuff that 20-year-olds, even 30, 40-year-olds do, yeah, like you can still become successful, but why put such a um, massive roadblock in the way to get there? Yeah. I mean, why do it when you can get to these places so much quicker? And I still have fun. I still go out and have fun. I just, I'm sensible about it. Yeah, but but the thing is, I'll I'll go out on a night out, but I'll be drinking sparkling water, bro. Yeah, yeah, with with lime or something. Yeah, because (laughs) because that's just how I roll. Like, I could not, Mate, the amount of money I've got invested in property, crypto, all this other stuff, I would not have any of that if I drank. Mm. Because I'd have, I'd have took my money, the cash flow from my cash flow business, and put it into shit. Simple as that. So if, 
when you break it down, if you look through someone's credit card statement or you look through their debit card statement, that tells you a lot about how disciplined you are as yeah. a person. Because how many subscriptions do you have for stupid things? Mm. How many how many after pay fucking product mm. things you got on products? You know what are you buying? Where where are you spending your money? Yeah. Like it just it just tells you a lot about how disciplined you are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you you probably regularly set a time to get up and a time to start work and a time to yeah everything scheduled everything scheduled right. Break it break me down how you're doing that for the audience. So what my routine's like? Yeah. Wake up at four. Yeah. Um. Right now it's a four, like I have been at three in the past, but right now it's at four o'clock. I spend from four to six AM reading. Okay, the first thirty minutes I'm a Christian so I'm a Christian, so I start reading the scriptures or writing down things that I'm grateful for. And the other hour and a half I read two books. I split it up in forty five, fifty fifty minute segment segments. I read two books. Yeah. And then I um go have a shower and stuff. And by then at six AM I've read for two hours already read more in that two-hour time frame than the average person reads in like six months, right? Yeah. And that's by 6 a.m. Yeah. And I go down, I grab a coffee, then I start doing some work that I need to do. Okay, so the night before, I'll plan out what I'm going to do, what I need to do the next morning. And as long as as long as long you do three things, in my opinion, each day to get you closer to your end goal, your end goal whether that's your monthly goal or your quarterly goal or your five-year goal, just try and do three things a day that gets you closer to that. And it could be simple. It could be, okay, I need to um, I need to clean my office today to have a more of a productive, um, a environment. productive environment. Exactly. Just, just don't get too complicated. Like, don't say, oh, I've got to increase my ROI by 3x today. Like, don't get too complicated. Just do three little things because if you see daily small incremental growth, it's going to motivate you, right? Yeah. So even on a bigger scale outside of business, three things every day could be, Drinking five glasses of water could be a small little goal for that day because a lot of people don't drink enough water. Yeah. So just do three things that day is what I do um, to get me closer to my goal. And that could be my work activities for that day or something. And then I work on it. And then obviously I run businesses. I still have daily activities I need to do for my business. It is a lot. It is really leveraged those. I don't work too much on my established businesses. The way I build my businesses, like I flourish, I probably spend maybe an hour a week on that. Um, and that's the way it is now. That wasn't the way I started. I started working 10, 12 hours a day building that. Yeah. And then now you I've systemized that, it. Systemized it as an hour a week. And so I spend my rest of my free time building a new system, a new business, and then leverage that out to an so hour a week. I, I, I love that. And just so that people fully understand how you've, how you've gone from taking a business from 12 hours a day to one hour a week. Leverage understand that completely yeah. i want you to break it down for the audience so that they okay. understand how you've how you've done that yeah obviously so, there's a lot of outsourced activities and a lot yeah. of software involved in that yeah so um outsourcing is the i guess the the main source of the leverage i'm talking about so when you start a business you do all the work yourself because you don't have any money to pay someone to do it once you start growing you start scaling you can start outsourcing certain activities to certain people all, I don't have any employees in the country, in Australia. I outsource all of them. They're all uh, subcontracted over in India or Brazil. Yeah. Uh, I get them through um, outsourcing apps like Upwork, Fiverr, Airtasker, yeah. those sort yeah. of apps. Yeah. And I find people and they work for me based on that. Um, and I outsource my activities to them. So they do all the work. They check in me, with me maybe once a week. Yeah. And... A big part of my leverage as well is what I was talking about before about the 
the agency. So I went from having to do the customer management, the client support, the acquisition to my agency's doing that now. So I don't do any of that. So that's what's really actually leveraged my time the most is partnering with these agencies and creating that leverage-based business where they do the work. Yeah. Because now I'm not having to do any customer support or anything like that. Yeah. So the people I subcontract on an outsourcing website are people that just need to do activities for me, like maybe reach out to new agencies to acquire them or things like that. Yeah. So, so, you, so you have someone out, outsourcing to agencies to get more clients, but because you're looking after agencies now and not individual customers, you don't have to, you don't, they're doing the customer support on their end. So you've got rid of the customer support. So everyone inside your team is just either acquiring new agencies that they can sign up that could potentially bring you a thousand customers in one foul swoop. Correct. Or they're, they're activity-based people that are just building a website here, doing doing Instagram promotion there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they're just taking these tasks off your desk. Correct. And I suppose the way that you've systemized that is probably by sending them like screen recordings of what you do to teach them. Is that how you're onboarding these people? Or is or, or are you already getting people that are already fully accustomed to, to similar ways that you want to work, et cetera, et cetera? Well, the marketing agency is like the agencies do everything at the moment. Yeah. The outsource people... I only use them when I need to, whether it's to do a new email <clears throat> marketing campaign or something like that. But um, the work right now is so minimal because of the agency partnerships yep. that I just do it myself. Now it may take a w- an hour a week right now. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. So yeah, I've leveraged it to the point where we do next to nothing um, because it's all systemized for us through these partnerships. Yeah, but again. If you're listening to this, I want you to understand how much work Jesse's put in at the start yeah, yeah. to get to the point where it's so leveraged. <laughs> because it, no, because people get it twisted. You say it's easy, and it is easy for you now, yeah. and it's an easy seven figures for you to turn now. That's fantastic. Yeah. But I want people to really, Brett, then why I've got you to break it down yeah. is because I wanted people to really get in depth and understand exactly what goes into building that that way. Yeah, yeah. so when I was, I built it in my mum's garage when I lived with my mum, and the company in my mom's garage, and I'd sometimes spend days at a time in there. My mom would literally put food under the door and slide the sandwiches under the door. She didn't, she didn't want to disturb me and open the door. She'd slide the sandwiches under the door, and I wouldn't leave the room for days. I'd sleep on the couch. I'd sleep on my actual desk chair because I'd work myself to sleep trying to build this company, especially when Instagram shut us down so many times due to the automation. Yeah, I had to constantly adapt, and it just was... Years of learning, like this is my fourth year of doing it now, years of learning yeah. on how to, how to uh, change and adapt and work and testing and I tried everything, you know, it was a lot of work that went into it, like it was, it was excruciating, so many times I wanted, wanted to just give up and do it, uh, stop doing it because it just seemed so impossible. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't until, you know, a year ago is when I started finding the, unlocking the doors of leverage and partnerships and agencies and having them acquire the clients and all of the stuff learning over years and years got me there that I do it now. And so now that I've learned that, new companies that I start, I take that lesson I learned from that company and move into the new one. And then I can get in the new one three times as fast what I did in the first one because I went yeah. through all that learning, you know. Yeah, because you, you you break it down even to like, okay, what emails do I send to get their interest? Like, yeah. what do I say on the phone to to bring them over the line? Yeah. And you start to systemize that. So you have scripts, you have yeah. email templates, yeah. you have all this stuff set out. And yeah. then you just put it into your locker. And then once you've got a locker full of stuff, you like, okay, go and replicate that with rinse now and 10. repeat every time. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Yeah. That's why everything that... Um, 
I do with regards to like removing online content. Like I often screen record it, and then now I've got to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna rather than rather than me or having other people remove content, now I'll sell a course and and I'll, t- I'll teach people how to remove content for themselves, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I'm leveraging my time again, and it's like, but that's a byproduct of something that I've already done vicariously. This doesn't cost me any time to create because I've already done it once. So I'm leveraging my time. It's like, but everyone who listens to this podcast is doing stuff over and over again rather than screen record it record yourself doing it you know record it on your iphone you've all got opportunities where you can create leverage in your own life in your in in the way that you do things to allow yourself the time to read two books in the morning at 6 a.m or 4 a.m you know to allow yourself that time to allow yourself to be in the gym to look after your health to allow yourself to be, be the sort of things so you got to start systemizing your life the same way that you're talking about systemizing the business yeah people can do it but they just choose not to do it exactly i mean what are the tell the audience right what were the most powerful books that you've read how to win friends and influence people number one got it right there mate yeah. fucking right there so i read every book seven times minimum because there's a study that came out saying that it's not until you've read or uh experienced something seven times that you finally absorb all of the content in it. Like, have you ever seen a movie and then watched it maybe the next day or even the next week and then you see a part and you go, oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. You know, I don't remember seeing that. All the time, mate. All, all the time. time. It's because time. you don't fully absorb all the information until the seventh experience of it. So every book I read, I read it minimum seven times. That's why Die Hard such a good film and I watch it every Christmas because it's like, it's on every Christmas. But it's like, you could, you could, you could never get tired of watching that film over and over again. Yeah. Because it's always good. Yeah, there's always new things <laughs> coming out with it, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do. I read the first, the first time I read the book, I read it through, I enjoy it. The second time I read it through with the highlighter, go through, break it down chapter by chapter. And I read it always seven times. Might not be the same one over and over again for seven times, but for example, uh, um, Think and Grow Rich. I've read that. I think I'm up to my 13th time now. And that's over the last 10 years. Like, I think I've read that four times. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just, just cruise through it. Um, don't have to, like, skim read it 12 times at once. The thing with a book like Think and Grow Rich, the first time you read it, it'll, it'll open up your mind. Then you go and get a little bit of life experience. Then you read it again and you're like, okay, cool. Now I can action that piece because now I understand more. Yeah, exactly. These, these books... There's a guy called Naval, Naval Ravikant. He's a fucking awesome guy. I urge you to read his his book. And um, basically, what he says to do is is what exactly what you're saying is like re reread the set, pick the fifty classic books like Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Think and Grow Rich, you know, Psycho Cybernetics, mm. all these books, you know find the top 50 books that work for you and don't go and buy loads more books just read the same 50 books over and over and over and over again and just keep going over because as you're accentuating through life and business you're going to be in different you're going to pull different things out predicated to where you are in life at that particular time yeah, it's because you're looking at it from a different lens of where you were yeah so yeah and you and you can see so much growth within yourself by doing that mm. but it's like not many people even today are not reading bro I know they they buy books to post them on Instagram to say say they're reading a the book. Yeah, yeah. But they would not be able to tell me what chapter five of Psycho Cybernetics says. Mm. They, do you know what I'm saying? Like they, they wouldn't be able to tell me that because they just don't fucking know because they've not read it three times. Yeah, and they don't allow themselves enough alone time to even read a book. You know, like they're constantly wanting a company of other people or just doing things that involve other activities. Like I don't know many people that enjoy their own company. 
Yes. Uh, I know you do as well. I know you spend a lot of time alone. A lot of time. Bro, yeah. I spend I spend I spend ten hours a day on my own and people are like, But why? I'm like, because if I'm if I'm not on if I don't allow myself time on my own, how can I know if I'm going in the right fucking direction? Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? How do, how, how because when I have conversations like this conversation, it's a fucking quality, in-depth conversation where I'm fully present with the mm. person. I'm involved. I'm I'm thinking. I'm like yeah. fuck. I'm bouncing ideas. There's energy flowing. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that takes a lot out of a human. A genuine conversation takes a lot out of a human. You cannot have exchanges like this for 10 12 hours a day no, you, you can't, can't do it you because can't. you'd fuck yourself yeah, yeah. right when you get off a podcast you're hyped and then you, you get an hour or two later you're like oh i need a little bit of a snooze or a little bit of a relax and then you get then you get recharged and then you go you might go to the gym mm. again you put all your energy into it you do you do your thing you, you need a recharge right yeah but like you say talk talk to me from your perspective of why it's so important to spend your time on your own um so many reasons firstly i think it's just a need to understand your own thoughts, your own perspective, and understand yourself better because about every three weeks, I haven't done it in the last month or two, but for years, every every three weeks, every four weeks, I would book an Airbnb for about three nights yeah. um, in the middle of nowhere, the rainforest or somewhere, somewhere yeah. out there, and I would just go, leave my phone in the car, turn it off, and just spend three days there, read, notepad, pen, some water. And just chill there by myself and just just read and rethink and just kind of reconnect again. Um, because I think we get too caught up spending time with so many other people that we don't really understand what we even want. Because it's like when we talk to each other or you hang out with a bunch of guys, their perspective rubs off on you. Their behavior rubs off on you. You don't really get time by yourself where you can understand your own behavior and what actually is what your life is about because you're so you're so used to seeing what other people are about and there's a there's a saying that says when you walk, go for a walk with somebody two things happen that no one even thinks about one either you adjust to their pace or they adjust to your pace no one thinks about that but that happens yeah, the yeah, question yeah. is whose pace are you adjusting to and it's not until you're alone understand who you are is that you have to actually understand what you want what you don't want, what's important to you. And that way when you're taking a walk with somebody else, you're not going to be so, you're not going to blend in with them um, so easily because you understand where you are, what path you're on. And oftentimes if it's on the right path and a good path, you're going to bring those others with you on that path as same as you, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. Man, it's so, it's so fucking powerful, man. That's yeah. why I let you fucking just put that down yourself because it's so fucking true, mate. Like you, you are a byproduct of not only not only who you surround yourself with, but but knowing who you truly are. Exactly. Unless you take the time to learn fully who you truly are and who you truly want to be, unless you're willing to sit there with that pad and pen on your own and ask that ask those five or six difficult questions that we all have to ask. It's like, and I posted on Instagram the other day out of a book I'm like look guys read these seven questions answer them for yourself and I guarantee you out of 55,000 fucking people there might have only been one who took action on that mm. if there was one at all and the reason why is because these questions when they, when you ask yourself these questions like who do who are, who am I today 
and who do I want to be to who who do I want to be? They're pretty fucking in depth questions to ask yourself. And if you ain't doing the work to be able to open up and access your mind in in and and th- or you don't give yourself enough time to think, you've probably never thought about those questions. Exactly. Like, that's the fucking problem. Yeah. Do you know, I could show you about 17 different times where I've wrote who I am right now and who I want to be and I reiterate it and I reiterate it, reiterate it. At the moment, it's like, okay, who does Frankie want to be? Okay, I want to be one of the top podcasters for the right reason. I want to impact this amount of people's lives. I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to do this. I want to do this in business. I want to connect these people with these people. I want to do this. Well, who are you right now? Okay, I'm this person. Okay, well, what, what's got to change between who I am right now and who I want to be, what are the fucking things that have got to change in my life, where have I got to fucking develop new skills, or develop, enhance the skills I already have, to get from there to fucking there, how the fuck can I see that, unless I've got two pieces of paper open, and that's who I am, and that's, and I've gone into proper detail of who I am, and who I I want to be, how the fuck do I join one to the other, and know with clarity and focus, exactly what I've got to do, unless I map it out, how do I do it, the answer is you can't fucking do it. So if, if you're listening to this right now and it's hitting your ears at the right time, do exactly that and do exactly what Jesse says because if you don't do it, you cannot move fucking forward at the extent that you want to move yeah. forward in your life. I want to read something out too really quickly. Go for it. Um, it's a guy named Erwin McManus. It's my second favorite book, The Last Arrow. He's written that. So if you haven't read that, The Last Arrow is my second favorite book I've read. But he wrote something... What's your first favourite again? How to Win Friends. How to Win Friends, yeah. Listen to this. He said, I think the biggest danger for all of us is that we accept a lesser definition of who we are because the definition others give to us gives us the acceptance and the praise that we long for. I wonder if you're lost in the crowd because you've spent your whole life living for the affirmation and acceptance of others. I bet some of you have no idea who you are because you've spent your whole life trying to be what everyone else wants you to be. So you have spent your entire life constantly moving and morphing and changing and it's almost like your whole life is a house of mirrors and all you see and all you know about yourself is a reflection you see through the other people's eyes. Fucking powerful, man. That's some powerful shit, bro. But your soul is hollow and empty because you don't know who you are. So you need to stop being who everyone wants you to be and be who everyone needs you to be. Fucking so hell, bro. That is some power. Bro, that's giving me goosebumps, <laughs> mate. And just hearing... I was not expecting that. Just, so just, just hearing you read that as well, like... And and and, and I felt it. Yeah, I felt yeah. it. Because I understand what you're trying to do. Yeah. And you understand my passion for doing this podcast and everything that I'm doing in life. Yeah. So even though we're on different paths and we're trying to achieve different things and, and di- different outcomes, but, but the same, if you know what I mean. So, like... It, it it's it's just wild for me to meet someone who doesn't drink and this that, and the other and, mm. the, and and you know who reads as much you know what I mean like I fucking love reading yeah, yeah. people look at me and they look on Instagram and like oh yeah he's always in the gym nah fuck no like I spend I spend way more time reading than I do in the gym mm. way fucking more way fucking more and I, I was speaking to uh, Toby Pierce who owns Sweat dot com with Kayla Racinos the other day and he, he mate he fucking reads for hours bro. You know, and all people see of him is like business and BJJ, but he's read, he reads for fucking hours. He just bought a full fucking, I was frothing over the collection of books that he's fucking made mm. because people don't realize these people are high level, man. They're fucking reading, reading, reading. Yeah. But they get, but they're systemizing their businesses in order to give them the time to read more. Exactly. Warren Buffett reads 10 hours a day, bro. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. 
10 hours a day. And it's because everyone that's ever learnt something has written about it and published it in a book. Every yeah. piece of information you want to know in the world, the secret of the ages are locked up in books. Everything yeah. you want to know is in a book somewhere. Well, that's just it, Jesse, right? Everyone says they're secrets. They're not fucking secrets. The only reason they're secrets is because people don't fucking read. Yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. That's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. All the information is there. If you want to learn about even ancient history, the pyramids, anything you want to know, it's there. It's, it's just you're choosing not to look into it or research it or know about it. The one thing that I, I get annoyed by the most, I don't get annoyed that often, but when people say, oh, yeah, I wish I could do that, or I wish I, I, wish I knew more about software development so I can get into that. I wish I knew more about coding to get into that. Well, then learn it. Yeah, fuck. You could probably find a course for $30 on teachable.com yeah. to learn it. Yeah. There's no excuses for you to not know the, anything. The, diff- the difference is wanting. Exactly. Do yeah. I want to learn that? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right? Because you can learn anything you want to learn. My, my advice to people, for what it's worth, is simply this. It's like, there are skills that you are naturally better at than other people. I, th- I, I believe, personally, that I'm better at communicating than, than 99% of people out I there. I agree. Right? Yeah? Yeah. And you've talked to me off podcast, on podcast, mm-hmm. and I would say that in communication terms, I can get shit done. And I think speaking and voicing and communication in this, in this, in this regard, like podcast, video, this, that, and the other, is how I connect with people. So I'm going to fucking lean into that because yeah. I've already got a natural aptitude for it. Yeah. There are people out there that are trying to lean into like video and voice, but they should be, but they're phenomenal writers. Mm. Go and lean into that skill because that's what your natural aptitude is. Lean into the skills you, you, that naturally show up that you do better than anyone else already. And lean into those and improve them. Mm-hmm. You know, improve this. I'm fully, I'm fully aware that you can go and learn new skills, but I'm just saying there's millions and millions of dollars and and of monetary value in the skills that you already have that you're not fucking monetizing because you're not leaning into what your natural aptitude is for. Yeah. And it's like everything that you've done, all the money that you've created in your life, and all the investment opportunities are, it's because you, Jesse, have leaned into the things that you're naturally fucking good at and improved upon the skills that you're naturally good at anyway and just refined them. Exactly. Right? Like my brothers have always been good at sport. My brother, um, I played for Australia in soccer. My younger brother, sponsored skateboarder, always done well in sport, and that's their gift. And I've never had the best gift at, um, at sports. And I've always asked my question, like, what's my gift like because I've seen my brothers playing sport and everything and it wasn't until I was probably 15 or 16 I realized that my gift my my natural given ability or gift was creating money creating uh, finding means to create wealth that's when I started diving into that and not diving into something I'm more I guess could have been more passionate about it's more about what I'm more gifted and skilled at and diving into that because you know you're given everyone's given some sort of level of gift whether it's big or small so like you said, lean into it, develop it. Um, mate, mate, every rep that, that, that you do in wealth creation, every rep that I do in podcasting, which eventually will then lead, to, which leads me to, to money, which eventually then leads me to, to more wealth creation for mm. myself anyway. It's like you can gain, you can, the, the wealth that you create by leaning into your skills in that regard for the, th- for the things that you do allows you to do the things that you're passionate about anyway, mm. right? as a byproduct because you can fund them through, through, through the thing that you're good yeah. at. But it's like, there's a, there's a saying people should, people should do what they're just passionate about. But where that falls down for me is like, 
if you look through you if you look through my YouTube search history, and you looked through all this other stuff, you'd see like wealth creation stuff, personal development stuff, and probably boxing, right? Say that say that say that was say that say that was for for just a normal guy. It's just it doesn't mean you have to go and be a boxer. Mm. It, it it could mean you could set up a store, a dropshipping store selling boxing equipment to yeah, create your exactly. wealth and lean into your passion that way. There's people out there that love golf that think they need to go and become a top pro golfer. I'm like, no, 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 you're missing the fucking point. If you're passionate about golf, go and sell left-handed fucking golf golf, yeah. golf gloves to fucking affluent individuals and set an online Shopify store that are doing it. Mm. That's that's how you can create the money from your passion. Mm. But, you, but, but people get this passion thing so fucking direct. They get so lasered on this passion thing that they kind of miss the... The, the outside things that you can use to create the, the revenue within it and they just go full on passion and they end up there's a lot of people personal training for argument's sake right where there's where there's but rather rather than having having brands that do that in the fitness niche and this that and the other and they just kind of miss the boat with it and they go all in swapping time for money time for money time for money time mm. for money and get lost in this passion passion thing I did it with a boxing gymbo it wasn't the right fucking decision it's just a fast way it's just a fast way to lose money and tie your time up yeah Stupid idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you've you've personally pursued fitness, right? Yeah, yeah. I've competed in bodybuilding when I was seventeen. Yeah. Um, and I've been in the fitness industry ever since. I just haven't competed since then, but yeah, it's a big part of my lifestyle. Yeah. How 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 important is it for people to 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 put their time into the training? Then it's uh, it's not even important. It's crucial. Like, it's not even a question. Um, if you're not if you're not putting effort into your diet, your health, and health meaning the foods you eat, the supplements you take, the nutrition you put in, and the training that you do. You don't have to be a high-level bodybuilder, but if you're not training three times a week in some sort of physical activity, boxing, gym, running, again, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. And like, in, if you want to be somewhere, and everyone wants to be someone in something, so why put things in place that's going to slow you down on the track? Like, yeah. get your nutrition right. Get your physical uh, aptitude right. Like, get everything in place. It's just going to get you there faster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you're just lay, you're laying down groundwork. And it's like, eat. I mean, I, I'm even... At what time do you... Just that question, going back to this, the uh, routine thing. Because I get up at 5 a.m. And I'm, I'm I'm looking at you getting up at 4 a.m. And I'm like, okay, what time is he going to bed? To get up at 4 a.m. You've got to be going to bed at, like, 8 o'clock. I used to. I used to go to bed at, like eight so that I could get up at four and then I met a guy on the Sunshine Coast who's either a billionaire um, just turned over his first billion his name's Dave and his wife was telling me he's probably 60 now his wife's telling me that he goes to bed at like 12 and wakes up at like three thirty, four o'clock not healthy like obviously you've got to have a level of health in as well but I'm looking at him like damn he's 60 he's worth a billion dollars and he's still working like an animal he's an ex-special forces guy as well like He's just a machine, and sometimes that's what it takes. So, like, for me, I've been going to bed later around 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, getting up before still. So five, six hours are still healthy. You can still live on five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, you know, three or four hours isn't – I wouldn't recommend that at all, but you can still live on five and a half, six hours of sleep a night and be healthy. There's so many people that do it. So I've started doing that. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I used to. I used to yeah. go to bed at like eight o'clock, seven o'clock, even seven o'clock sometimes to get up early. But now it's like, damn, like I'm running out of time. 
I, 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 me personally, I'm going to bed at like nine, half nine, ten, and getting up at five. That's that's how I roll my life at the moment. Yeah. So I used to go to bed at eight o'clock, wake up at four. Okay, yeah. and that was yeah, like eight o'clock so early. Like a lot of TV shows aren't even on till eight thirty, nine o'clock. So it was just my discipline of look, I need to go to bed now because I'm getting up early. Um, and now it's like, yeah, I I just I'm stretching a little bit further now just because I want to get more done in a, in a day. But yeah, yeah, you need discipline to go to bed early because you're not going to get up at four o'clock if you are going to bed at twelve. Yeah, like yeah, it's extremely difficult. The only reason you do that is because you're a machine, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And only a few people can do that. So and but but here's another thing, right? Going back to what you forego to live that lifestyle when you're going when you're when you're a young man at twenty two years old and you're going to bed at eight o'clock, you miss out on these. You know, on the on on the women, on the dating, on the, all this other stuff that you have to give up. So, for Jesse to get to multiple seven figures, he had to give up all that. Too. I had to sacrifice so much. I didn't go to one house party in school, not one. Um, like I didn't I said, miss much, mate. You did not miss much. Yeah, and that's the thing. And everyone, like my age now, they they regret doing it. Like, um, like I said, I get I get about at ten now, but yeah, for the last five six years, I went to bed at eight o'clock maximum. Like, I wouldn't even want to go to bed at 9 o'clock because it was already too late then. It'd be 8 o'clock. I'd miss out on everything. Every Friday, Saturday, 8 o'clock because I knew I had to get up at 4. I need to be productive. Yeah. And I missed out on a lot, but... But you but you, you get... You like... You're a man who likes building stuff, who likes building revenue, who likes building businesses, who likes building automation. You get... You get... You, you get enjoyment from that. From You get enjoyment from the learning as well. And that's and that's something that allows you to do what you do, and this is where some people get it twisted, don't they? They have n- they they just go out, okay, okay. How can I make money online? Okay, the new thing is ecom. I'll mm. do ecom. Yeah. But but they've not sat down with themselves and said, who am I? Who do I want to be? And kind of identified what fits in with that for a start. Yeah. To to allow them to 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 go and to go and get into business. I mean. I know that someone asked you on Instagram the other day, like, what was the what business model would you start if you were starting again? And you said social media marketing, right? Yeah, I think uh, social media marketing agency is probably the best place to start for anyone wanting to start a business. Um, and why is that, in your opinion? Because it's the easiest. Like, for anyone that's listening to this podcast, now, I know, I know everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, all they want really to take from it is, how can I do it? Like, how can I start it, Right. And I don't like leaving any conversation without giving that some steps on how you can actually do it, right? Yeah. So the best way, if you were starting, I'd gi- I'll give you two quick businesses that I would start for anyone that wants to start making money online. Number one, social media marketing agency. So what that means is you manage the social media content for companies. It could be a restaurant, a cafe, a gym, or whatever. Yeah. But go to uh, an Instagram account of a local business. Go to yep. a couple of them. Find the ones that are lacking in their content it could yep. be low quality content it could be just content you think you could do better yeah contact the business and say look i noticed that your instagram is lacking in this area this area in that area i don't know who's doing your social media but i could probably fix it up for you real quick this is what i would do send the email don't ask for anything usually they come back and go oh thanks so much i'll add that to my thing and you email back and go no problem if you ever need a hand here are my packages and it works really well so yeah, but I want to break that down for the audience even further. What Jesse just told you there, in no uncertain terms, is lead with value. Yeah, and the yeah the reason is 
when you go to a club and there's five guys that go after this one girl, this one pretty girl in a club, and those five guys go up to her and they all give her praise, they all tell her how beautiful she is, how nice her hair is, how nice her dress is, and ask to buy her a drink. And then you're the sixth guy that walks in and you look at her and maybe say hi and walk away. You're the guy that's most likely going to get that girl at the end of the night because you're the guy that doesn't care. You didn't... You're not invested. You're not invested. You're not needy. You don't care. And that increases your value immediately. And it's the same principle of... You don't need her then. Everyone else needs her. Needs her. And because they need her, they, they, they reflect their neediness with... Behavioral, activ- behavioral patterns like uh, yeah, neediness and insecurity and they start begging and you can just you can sense that you can feel that they need it and you don't want to work with someone that wants to need it needy and that's why the guys that don't really care usually get the girl same principle when going after clients so what I was saying before was to get a client for a social media agency or anything is the best way to do it is to lead with value and not ask for anything Ty Lopez He's a massive social media guy. He said he gets thousands of emails every day and he doesn't reply to any of them because they're all just people wanting things. And one day he got this one email that said, Ty, I looked at your website and man, it's trash. Like You should be doing this, this and this. Uh, this is what I'll do to fix it up. Have a good day and sent it. And Ty was like, man, like he just kind of ripped in my business a little bit, gave me a couple of solutions, didn't ask for anything. And he ended up working with that guy and, and hired him. And the, the point is, if you reach out to a company and go, look, I don't know who's doing your Instagram account, but it could be done a lot better. Here's what I noticed that isn't doing that you're not doing that well. And point out a few things. Your content isn't that great. Maybe you don't have that many followers. Maybe your engagement isn't pretty. Send that to them and go, look, this is what I would do to fix it. Give them the value. Send it off. And don't ask for anything. And they will always reply with something nice and then depending on that reply you can start a conversation like okay great well I don't know who's doing your social media but it's something that I could probably fix up for you if you like here are my packages here are my options let's jump on a call and that's the best way to lead them with a conversation yeah. of how to acquire a client yeah because you've already shown them exactly what you can do and exactly yeah. how switched are on you on so it's like you've shown people under the hood of your skills like yeah. you've shown people behind the curtain yeah this is what I can do. This is the impact that I can have. And yeah, like, and as a byproduct of doing that, that's the same way as I, as, as I signed big social influencers back in the day when I was protecting their online brand. I would go and remove content for them for free, mm-hmm. lots of content for them for free, lots of fake accounts. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they become clients of mine. Yeah. Like, it's incredible because you're showing them that one, you don't really need them. Two, you're showing them that you can provide value before. You're showing them a piece of the pie, like what you can do. Hundred mm. um, percent, man. You just you, yeah. you just you just you just you just show you just showing your best foot forward for the client, and it leads to so much value created in your life and your business and monetary terms on the back end. Yeah, I mean, if you did that with a hundred people. Yeah. you're going to get 10 clients at yeah. a bare minimum. You'll probably get more than that, to be honest. Yeah. And it's all about, and the better, the, and if you read books like How to Win Friends and Influence People and you read books about communication and then you start implementing that kind of communication into your emails or into yeah. your phone calls and this, that and the other and, and, put that, and put that with, just that one book with the way that Jesse's telling you to, to go and lead with value, that will you you you'll be fa- you'll you'll be amazed how quick you can turn over six figures yeah. online doing those two things 
Uh, and simple as that. Just use Jesse's strategy, read how to win friends, influence people, and lead with value. And yep. you'd be amazed. Six-figure business inside two or three months. Yeah. Yep. Easily. You can. And it's being done every it's been, day. It's being it's been done every day. Mate, you could do it in a fucking week if yep. you fucking want it. Yeah. Um, but it's all about wanting it and, you know, and following up. Yeah. Following up is so key as well. Yeah. I always say when you reach out to a client on a cold email, whatever you say in the copy is irrelevant. But at the end of the email, say to them, uh, I'll follow up with you next week, client regards, Jesse or whatever. Yeah. And it just shows them that, look, they got to reply to this email because you're going to follow up next week. It always prompts them to reply when you say, yeah. I'll follow up with you next week. Yeah. And the PS is so important in yes, the email yeah. as well. Yeah. Cause it could be PS. That, that, that is the PS, isn't it? Yeah, PS, exactly. um, PS, because, because a lot of people skim through emails, but a lot of people read, read the start and the PS mm. and then they'll read the, the copy. So like, even when you've got a sales page full of content on the website, people skim through all the sales page. And at the bottom, you write the PS and it'd be like, PS, what I've just summarized above is how I can help you remove online content in the fastest way possible, whether it's images, videos, da, 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 online. If you want to get in touch, click this link and book a call. Yeah. That's my PS. Like, just said that's my yeah. PS. That PS basically says what the whole fucking page says in yeah. long form, <laughs> yeah, right? But I've summarized it so, so in bolded at the bottom, but people skim to that and they read it. Yeah. And, and more people book through a PS than they will through the sales copy, but you still need the sales copy for the people that want to read the whole fucking yeah. lot, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a saying that uh, I think it's in the book from John C. Maxwell. Basically, when you write an email, when you do a presentation or you talk to somebody, you have an introduction, yeah, which is telling people what you're going to tell them. Yeah. And then... At the bottom, tell people what you told them, yep. and then put the two as close together as possible. That's the best way to communicate with someone. Love it, yeah, love it, mate. And and I just I just think there's so mate, there's so much, mate. If people would just listen to this podcast, people need to listen to this podcast three times, bro. Oh yeah, like there's yeah. there's a lot there's a lot in this, man. If you lot aren't getting this, if you lot aren't like fucking buzzing your tits off listening to this podcast I do not know what content we can provide you mm. because yeah, yeah. Like, it's just so much value you've got books you've got crypto you've got you've got how to start online you've got all this shit just packed in here man just pack you, you please understand the the stuff that's being left on the table for you guys right now because you, you lot I don't care whether you're in a job working in a fucking fucking selling fruit you could fucking you could listen to this podcast three times and start like seriously like it's it's all there and with the access to YouTube Jesse right Mm. people have got so much stuff that they can just zoom into once they know where they're going yeah exactly and I mean I think a few years ago uh, it's so much it's so easy right now to create a business if you're sitting at home you don't know how to create a business your access is incredible so like you need to stop asking the question you know like, what should I do? What should I do? And you start looking for it. Like, like, start understanding the fact that you can make money in anything. Just choose one and go all in on it. Another business thing that some, somebody could do is go onto an outsourcing website like Fiverr or Upwork. Sell, and sell the services. Sell a service they have. It could be copywriting. You could Dropship services. Dropshipping. You, you could be a good copywriter. You could be nice at carousal, like, with content yeah. creation. Sell that service on Airtasker or Fiverr. Um, anything you're good at, email companies and say, look, I'm yeah. a great copywriter. I'll write all your news articles or your emails, please. Um, and then like see my stuff below. But it could be the same thing. You could reach out to them and go, look, here's a 
a copy like here's what I wrote for your next article yeah I love your stuff let me know what you th- your thoughts are yeah, 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 yeah. I, I used to send content when I did content creation businesses I used to send content creation of an Instagram feed of what I would do for that agency I'd send it to them I'd go look this is what I'll do for you this is like 30 days of content yeah yep. do you like it and I know that I'd like it because it's awesome it's better than this and they would always say yeah I love it and I'd, I wouldn't do that to everyone because it is a um, it's a loss of time, but I do it for the clients that I may be already in conversation with. Yeah. Show them what I, what I can do for them for free. Again, leading with uh, value. And then that's what's going to get you the, the partnership. Yeah, 100%, mate. I, 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 I solemnly agree. So let's just let's just summarize it then. So from, from if you were going to... I usually say to people, if you were going to drop one piece of advice, but the way I want to do it with you, Jess, is I want you to... Right, from start to finish, from the top... In, in a systemized format, what have people got to get straight first, second and third in order to go from getting themselves in alignment to to getting educated to launching online? Like what what just just summarize it. What they what they've got what they've got to get. I think first of all, find a destination where you're going, find out what you want. Yeah. A lot of the time a lot of the times you don't really know what you want until you find out who you are as well. So they go line Hand in hand. Yep. So spend time alone. It could be a couple of days. It could take a couple of weeks. Just spend time alone. Just understand where you are at in life. And that's going to really help you figure out where you want to go as well. And once you've jotting those down, then you have a starting point of where you can build ideas and a structure around how to get there. So once you have where you are now, who you are now, where you want to go, who you want to be, jot that out and then start working backwards on a structure where you can get there and what you could do there is maybe start with finding a mentor that has done what you want to do in that area where you want to go talk to them it could be a mentor online you could buy one of their courses it could be someone you can get connected to but find someone that's already done it because what that's going to do that's going to help you eliminate so many of the mistakes they've made along the way that can show you how to get there and then talk to them and that will help you build a strategy and a plan and a structure and how to get there. Yep. And what that strategy is going to do is going to create a routine in your life and then structure that routine, your day-to-day routine, create goals out of that, and then start moving on to it. And structuring things like your day, your time, when you're waking up, when you're going to bed. Yep. You don't have to eliminate alcohol, but... It's, it does help. It, it does fucking help. does help. It does help. It, it it does because I look at my friends that drink, Jess. It's drinking and then there's drinking. You know? Yeah, like, having, there, 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 yeah. There, and, and we're not demonising drinking. There's nothing wrong with so with a sociable level of drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's when you it's when you drink to forget. It's when you drink in excess to to to, to because you hate your life and other stuff like that. And you might not even realise you're doing it, but you fucking are. The re- the reason you're looking forward, to, you should not look forward to a Friday. Mm. I'm sorry, but that is the wrong fucking attitude. If you're, I look forward to every day. Yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for every fucking day I'm every here, day. bro. Every fucking day. I look forward to Monday the most as well. To be yeah, honest, I, 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 mate, I don't, I don't, I don't even, mate, I don't even follow what day it is because mm. it doesn't matter to me. Mm. I'll do, I'll do the same thing on a fucking Sunday that I would do on a fucking Wednesday because mm. it's just my routine. It's what I like. I, I do what I, I'm doing, what I love. I'm doing what sets me on fire. Mm. I'm doing all this stuff. You know, I just do it because it's mm. just, I you just love it. And the sense is exactly why you've laid out that. And I mate, I just appreciate, I appreciate having you here to drop, yeah, no, drop all thanks, this knowledge. Thanks for um, 
bringing me on, but I think a lot of people just got to figure out and just write it down what they want to do, like what I did before, what I said before, structure it, find out where they're going, get mentors in place, put a plan around it with the help of a mentor, and then start moving in that direction and stop yeah. just sitting there. You know, you you've mentioned before about your mentor, your first mentor. Yeah, yeah. I have two mentors. I have a, I guess a a, a life spiritual mentor that I look for just in my life. Yeah, like my direction on on. Uh, I've known him for a long time. His name's Chaz. I met him when I was probably eleven or twelve. He's helped yeah. me through a lot of things, but just a, a guide of I guess life. Yeah, and then I have a business mentor. Yeah, um, who's. Uh, worth a massive amount of money and, and he's who I go to for help with business and are we talking hundreds of millions hundreds yeah. of millions a year yeah um, and he's someone that I have had business, uh, mentors along the way some mentors have uh, like burned me and like uh, stole from me as well so you gotta be careful who you choose yeah but um, eventually you find out who the real ones are and once you start talking to people though I I I've, I've found that once you start talking to people that are worth hundreds of millions, and I know quite a few yeah. people worth hundreds of millions, yeah, and I know, I know exactly what you're going to say. And I know one billionaire. They don't want nothing off you, bro. Exactly. They don't want nothing off you. No. They just, they just, they just want someone with the, with the amount of curiosity and interest that you have to ask them the questions that are actually fucking the right questions. Yeah. And that's what I've found. Yeah. It's like, I, I can, I've had conversation after conversation with people who have 250, 400 mil, bro. And they're only, they, they'll give me two hours of their time, even mm. when they can't afford two hours because they know how fucking invested I am and how interested I am yeah. in what they do genuine interest not yeah. just not just I just want to take off you I'm talking about genuine this is fucking interesting to me break me break it down to me how you've fucking done this yeah yeah because I just want to know bro like, and they'll tell you and usually you're younger than them and they like to see the younger version of themselves in you and that's 100% why they because them. all they're getting all the time is like can you give me $10,000 because my mum's dying mm. can you do fuck, fuck off man mm. like I will teach you how to create a business that will save your mum's fucking life mm. it, because if it, um, and make millions of dollars if you ask the right fucking question mm. but everyone's going there asking them for money asking for handouts if they gave to everybody and people and, and do you know what the thing that fucking annoys me in life is the thing that is people people get fucking on the high horse about how billionaires shouldn't exist, how hundreds of millionaires mm. shouldn't exist. Let me fucking tell you, all the all the people that I know that are majorly wealthy, like over 100 mil or more, they give so much more value to the world than any governments or any, any anybody at our level can because of how much money they've created mm. and the way that they use it in most cases is phenomenal, bro. Mm. Like the the value that they give and people just, people just get it all twisted and start resenting on these people rather than asking articulate questions that allow them to grow their own wealth so they can go and help more people yeah. simple as that yeah. don't get it fucking twisted and don't get bitter about it you know we're all on our own journey here we're all trying to we're all trying to increase our financial mental and other well-being so that we can accentuate through life to grow a better version of ourselves of you not don't fucking worry what Jeff the fucking billionaire is doing yeah. he's I guarantee you he's helping thousands of people yeah. thousands of people he's creating jobs he's creating this he's creating that he's cre- he, he, he pays his company and his employees pay more tax than anybody and that's what fund yeah. that's what funds your barbecue by the beach yeah, yeah, that's what funds your fucking roads not your fucking road fund license that mm. doesn't pay for the fucking re- retarmacking people don't get it fucking twisted about how much value if you're a billionaire in this world that means you've created a billion dollars of value to the world to be able to get a billion to get a billion out of the world simple as that yeah. fact yeah absolutely 100% without a shadow of a doubt yeah. your last words my brother 
uh, before before we drop all your links and stuff for like all this other yeah. stuff. I think if there's two takeaways from this or what I would share to anyone, again, if you're building a business, find ways to leverage it because you're going to struggle to scale it over time. If you can't leverage it, leverage your time. Find ways to get other people to do tasks for you that are stopping you from scaling your business. That way you can free up your time to scale it and create more businesses. So just uh, listen to this this again about the leverage part of what I did to reach out to agencies to leverage because that's going to be so valuable, bro. That's going to be the word that you're going to be dreaming about every night. It's the word leverage. Just keep putting that word in everything you do. Just think about how can I leverage it? How can I leverage it? How can I get someone else to do that for me so I can focus on something else? Um, and then reading. Reading is the second thing I'd say to do. Just read. Like you can't read enough books. Uh, there's a guy that I look up to probably the most. His name's Peter Daniels. He's an Australian billionaire in South Australia. He's probably like 92 now. Mm. Um, he's made billions of dollars, and he's he's read more than 7,000 biographies. You know? Yes. That's a yes. lot of books. And he said just read, read, read. And he's reading about he's reading about how other people have done epic shit. Yeah, biographies books um and like he said like reading was what got him out of the pit like he was 26 years old broke and did nothing and now he made billions of dollars and he relates it all back to to reading books yeah you know? yeah i i love it because every you know like when you think you have an original idea mm. it's like nah you've read that somewhere yeah. or you've been or you've been told that there's no such thing as an original idea and it's like um davy i had him on the podcast he mm. set up the Udi. Mm. Fucking, there was people doing similar things to the Udi mm. in America before he got it as a top product and brought it to Australia and smashed it. Mm. But it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not the first one to do it. It's the best one to market it. Exactly. The best it, known always best beats the known, best product. Best known beats best product. Yeah. Simple as that. You can. There's thousands of people that have, that have um, copied the Udi since he created it as well. Doesn't matter a shit, mate. It's not the Udi, is it? It's not got the branding. It's not got the mm. the ad spend. Yeah. It's not got the influence behind it. It's not yeah. got the it's not got the story. It's not got the narrative and the reason. And that's the reason between a product that bangs at eye level and one that doesn't. Simple yeah. as that. Correct. Best known over best product. Yeah. Every day of the week. Yeah. Same same with everything. And I love I love the value that you've dropped on here today, and I appreciate it, mate. And if they want to follow you on Instagram, it's. Yeah, it's my name, Jesse McInnes underscore. And I'll put a link to that in the bio. Yeah. And if you guys, um, I've done a thing with Jesse. I'm going to put a link to his crypto group in the description as well. If you want to sign up uh, to get Jesse's advice on what cryptos he's buying, selling, and all that stuff, that's in there too. That's that's yeah. in the description as well. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, just uh, use the coupon Frankie Lee, and that will uh, give you 10% off as well for the group. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And yes, yeah, sweet as guys. Please, please, please drop us a comment on YouTube. Please share this podcast with your friends that want to smash life and want to level themselves up. I think this will impact massively. Share this on social media, man. We, we, we're giving you, giving you this fucking... We're dropping this shit to your ears today for fucking free. Like, the least you can do is share it on social. Drop me a review on Apple. Follow Jesse. You can follow me at Frankie Lee on Instagram. And I'm telling you now, guys, I fucking hope you listen to this podcast five times because it is one of the most powerful podcasts I've done for actionable content that you can take and put into your ears and go and create something. I'm telling you now, this is powerful. That's Jesse McGuinness. It's Frankie Lee, and we are out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast. 